Welcome to Swapping Paint, the podcast that rubs doors with the cream of the crop in motorsport today. With your host, 18 times Australian champion, Dave Serra. Joining us today on Swapping Paint is Ferrari Academy driver, Marcus Armstrong. The 20-year-old New Zealand driver left for Europe as a teenager to follow his dream of racing in Formula 1. Now along with leading outfit Art Grand Prix and already scoring two podiums in Formula 2, Armstrong is in a good position to be New Zealand's next Formula 1 driver. We welcome Marcus. I'm just going to add him in now. <clears throat> hey Marcus, how are you buddy? Hey look, just a quick one. Obviously, um, you're in Formula 2 at the moment. Where did your motorsport career, like when did you sort of get involved in motorsport? What was the, what was the reason for getting involved in, in motorsport? Yeah, I've got I've got you now. Yeah, for some reason I'm not sure what's happened. Great. Um, yeah, so my motorsport career started um, 2008. Um, so I was around about yeah, I was eight years old, and um, obviously in New Zealand it's not a massively popular sport. So um, sort of speak karting when you're at school and, and speaking to your schoolmates, it's not really the most common thing. So, but my father was a racing driver. Um, career cup here in New Zealand and and uh, he was actually not too bad um, considering he was just a sort of part-time businessman sort of guy yep but uh, it took a lot of convincing you know because it's sort of a dangerous sport by most For sure. perceptions um, so it took um, it took quite a bit of convincing and uh, me and my older brother started actually um, my older brother James he's about five years older than me okay. we had a bit of a rivalry for a few years <laughs> Until he was, um, he wasn't really a, an aggressive sort of kid slash driver. So he didn't, it didn't really pay off for him. But to be brutally honest, he was probably quicker than me to begin with. Um, but yeah, that's how it all started. And so, did you um, obviously you've gone through the karting and stuff, and then you've moved to Europe to continue your kart racing? But you've raced with the Tony Kart team. How did you find that from moving from New Zealand to to racing with a, a premier uh, karting manufacturer? Yeah, so coming from New Zealand to Europe is uh, obviously I, I had to go through. I did a few races in Japan and a few races in America as well. A couple you were at Supernats, I remember. You yeah, won, yeah. Um, 2013, I think it was. Yeah, 2013, you won it in Tag Senior, and um, I think I had a shunt in the final, but <laughs> uh, we weren't going to win it anyway. But yeah, I did a bunch of races overseas before I went <laughs> to Europe, obviously. Um, and I sort of bridged the gap with um, between KF and and um, New Zealand. I sort of did a bit of Euromat. Yep. So I went over there with um, Matt Hamilton. You'll probably know him. Yes. From, um, from WKS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, WKS. We sort of attacked Europe, um, just him and I. And uh, it wasn't easy to begin with because obviously it's massively competitive and those guys know the tracks like, like it's you tough. wouldn't believe. So, um, you know, through a whole year of battling it out, we sort of came right on the last um, last round of the championship, and um, we were invited to do a race in um, at the World Championship in Salbury. Was it Salbury? Yeah, in no, France. Okay. It was in France, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, from there I met a guy called Ollie Oakes. You might know Ollie. Oh, I've heard the name. Like, I know him. I've I've read a lot of stuff about him. Yeah, I was massively lucky to meet him because he was sort of 
almost the talent scout for um, Tony Cart back in that day. Yep. And he invited me to live in Oxford the following year um, with him and his girlfriend Becca. Meanwhile, doing my my program with Tony Cart. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't as simple as that, obviously, because um, leaving home at such a young age is it was more of a problem for for my for my dad because he didn't want to let me go. For sure, yeah, I can imagine. Um, and even now, like he's not happy when I leave every time. But honestly, I love it when I. You gotta be a freedom almost. Yeah, exactly. And you can also concentrate on your own thing as well. Yeah, well, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And to be honest, the, the initial plan in 2015, when I first moved, moved over there to drive into um, Tony Khan KF, was to do the first half of the series and then consider doing Australian F4, okay. um, which started in July. And he said, if you don't enjoy doing all that karting and, and you're living on your own, blah, 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 then, you know, we've got this alternative strategy, you know. And um, he said he said that and I was sure that, you know, I said yes, yeah, right oh, but I was absolutely sure that that was the last time I was going to live in New Zealand because um, I was, you know, I was sure that was the right direction and I had good people around me. And, like, racing with guys like Marco Artigo, who's, you know, synonymous with kart racing, what sort of things can you learn off of Marco as a young kid coming through? Marco was genuinely the best driver I've ever raced against. Um, yeah, he looks quick. experienced. Yeah. To be fair, he wasn't the fastest in, in qualifying. Yep. But he was just massively focused and, and knew exactly what he needed to do through the whole race weekend. Um, even in free practice in WSK we do so many days of practice before we actually get to quality yep. a lot of the time you know it looked like you know I was feeling all high and mighty because I was kicking his ass <laughs> in free practice and often in qualifying as well I, I'd have the upper hand on him but then come to the racing this guy is just incredible you know he just flicks a switch or something he just turns it on I don't know what it is. It's like Valentino Rossi, you know? When yep. Valentino Rossi races, he's, to be fair to him, he's not the best in quality, but then in the race, for whatever reason, he's always there. So it's the exact same with Artigo. And he taught me um, a massive amount, just how to manage the race weekend is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and that transfers to cars um, in a massive way that, I had a big advantage on, on a lot of the other kids when I was doing um, Italian F4. And so, yeah, so you were just about to say, so you went from karts to Formula 4 in Italy with the Prema team, then obviously through the F3 as well. At what stage did you sort of have that dream of Formula 1? Um, well, going back to my Christchurch days, um, even after my very first race as a eight-year-old or seven-year-old or whatever, I was having a meltdown after my first heat race at one day because I'd finished sixth and I was like, oh, Ron Dennis and John Todd are not going to eat. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was apparently, well, this is what Matt says, Matt Hamilton, he says that I was genuinely upset about it. And, um, and so I've always sort of had Formula 1 in my mind um, ever since I was really young. Um, and yeah, obviously, we're, you know, we've got a massive, massively long way to go, and, and it's a 
difficult road, but yeah. you know, I feel like we're in a good position so far. And obviously, you've had a lot of influential people over the course of your career. Who would you say has sort of been the most influential? If it, if it is your dad, or if it's you know from someone in racing. There's a lot of people. Um, you know, I've always been really lucky to have good people around me um, straight from an early age um, in New Zealand here with WKS. Um, you know, I was never, I was always traveling on my own with, with these guys and and that sort of teaches you a lot. Yeah, you, you grow up fast. Yep. Yes. Um, Angelo, the the father of Renee, who's the boss of Prima, is a massively strict guy. He's like a school teacher almost. <laughs> um, you can imagine. We actually had an argument in um, in Nurburgring in F4, and I remember really clearly because we had like a bad two days testing, and then we we're going straight to the race weekend the following week. And for whatever reason, I thought that we were fine. Like we were like half a second off in the test, and I was like, "Don't worry." It'll come. This yeah, yeah. Off. I don't know why, but I said, "This is this is our race," and he said, "You know what? Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Three beers on Saturday night if you haven't won race one." Okay. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take that bet." And um, you know, sure enough, I got completely demolished because he knew. <laughs> You know, I thought I had something in my pocket, turns out I didn't. But, you know, these sort of people that don't really sugarcoat everything is, has been the, the biggest the biggest part of my learning curve for sure. Nah, awesome. We had some uh, some people send some questions through today. The first question was from another Kiwi go-karter, Josh Richmond. So he's basically asked, what do you miss most about kart racing? Yep. Um, in the off season and things like that. Yeah, when I'm in New Zealand, I do quite a bit, and also in um, in Italy because I live quite close to Lanasa. Cool. But the main thing that I miss the most is probably the amount of laps that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when you get to F three, F two these days on Pirellis. Um, I mean, you do like. In terms of performance laps, you do like maybe eight to ten to twelve laps pushing. You know? Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's just a small part, the fastest lap. Where in carts, you can always basically drive a hundred percent. We had another question from Charlie Mulligan. It's ba- she's asked, "What sets you apart from other drivers? So is there any characteristic that, uh, that you know is a difference to the other drivers?" Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, Is it the aggression or the you know the smooth in your driving or your mind? You know, like your mental strength. Not sure. Yeah, well, every driver has strengths for sure. In terms of actual driving, um, I feel like I'm quite adaptable. Okay. You know, when we go to a new circuit, for example. Yep. Um, Pick things up quickly. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously. I've been very lucky because I've been with always quite strong teammates in F4 and F3 and now also in F2. Yes. And you sort of, you 
pick up things that you know these guys have and um like for example you might be interested to know that Mick Schumacher for example in Formula 3 was very very smooth like um you know all of us we have the ability to be very smooth but you would watch one of his laps and it was very very like there was no movement on the steering wheel at all yeah yeah you know, that, that's one thing that you, you can take from a driver and say, oh, I need to improve. For sure. On, on, yeah. So I've, I've been lucky to be... Um, Surrounded by good people. Of, exactly. No, that's cool. Um, we've got uh, Taryn. They've asked, if you weren't racing, what would you be doing? That's a very good question. <laughs> uh, I think about that often to be fair with my with my mates in New Zealand um, uh, the, the boring the boring version would be that I would be at university studying something related to competition of, of some sort okay I've always been interested in engineering especially especially with what I've been um, you know um what I've seen in the past few years I've been very interested in engineering obviously that's influenced from motorsports so um, I, I have to say I'd be a bit of a party animal with all my mates oh half your luck that's actually good you can still try and live that lifestyle at the end of your career I reckon yeah exactly just postpone it that's right said it really well he said if you you know I, I'm not partying when I'm young because I got plenty of time when I'm old exactly now that's good um, Toby Malos asked who, who did you look up to when you were growing up so you're a young kid kart racing who was that sort of inspiration to keep you pushing one of them was you oh shit there you go oh, that's, that's not a bad thing I remember, I remember actually um, Hamilton 2012 maybe yes nationals yeah I had a good run that, right? yeah I had a good run from last actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I remember you struggled during the heat yeah and it just everything just clicked in the final I got lucky I just yeah but um, it's one of those freakish moments that you don't forget but also I did the Australian Nationals the following year and um, bloody hell where was it um, 2013 I'm trying to think yeah Rotex Nationals Kakapanyo okay yes yes I had a crash with Daniel Kinsman actually another New Zealand driver yeah I remember I, I qualified pole and I said and I was with Matt, um, just him and I had a, had a small awning, one cart, two engines. And I did a poll and I was like, we saw you walking past and we're like, you know, might as well ask you, what should I do on the first lap? Yeah. And you were like, uh, you were sort of quite busy, like, just don't get hung up to dry on the first lap, mate. And did you do it? Did you listen? Oh, uh, man, I, I absolutely <laughs> got smashed on the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing when international drivers come over there's not really that respect that you you know you can sort of build up over time which is which is hard but you just earn that as you go and you never forget it either those those Australians are one of the most aggressive casting drivers I've ever raced against yeah um, I remember these two these two brothers driving Praga carts um, just trying to think of the name I can't think at the moment it's got me last name boys oh yes Jordan and Cameron yeah, these yep. two were absolutely mugging me off in the final. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if they did that to everyone, but it was just like, you know. He's only a pretty good kid, week. Jordan. He's only a pretty good kid, but he must have just got angry that one weekend. He had the elbows out. Uh, I don't know what it was, mate. Like, <laughs> I was getting completely mugged off. But it was, you know, it was 
Yeah. For sure. Our last question is from James Lodge. He races uh, KF2, like the junior category at the moment. He said, is there any similarities between a Formula car and kart racing? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Um, but I have to say, when you first jump out of casting to, um, to formulas like Formula Ford or Formula 4, it's almost a, a backward step. Okay. I always thought, you know, when you're doing high-level casting... Yes. Um, and you jump into one of those cars, you, I don't know about anyone else, but I was certainly a little bit disappointed, you know, because casting the grip is unreal yep. and you can do, you can take in a lot of speed and you can do exactly what you want to do. Uh, and then you get into one of those cars with less grip and it's, and you sort of need to calm down a bit. Um, so I, I would say there's a lot of, a lot more, but I would say it's even more, more, um, similar to F3 than, than okay. the early now it's time for the punt brought to you by 27 design your go-to for all motorsport specific graphic design specializing in creating a new and unique look for your race car or cart or both so we've got a segment called the punt so it's basically trying to relive a moment in your racing career that you've just taken someone out. Obviously, we don't condone that stuff, but if you can remember of one moment where you've just unloaded some load, do you, do you recall a moment? Uh, in casting? <laughs> it can be in anything. Willpower sales from Formula 3, you know, there's been, been mixed stories, so. All right, yep, I've got one. <laughs> Who was it? Yeah, or just just one that you remember. It's a bit of a laugh. All right. The um, well, this one wasn't funny at the time. No, it never is. But you look back at these moments. I was racing in Zuera in Spain um, in KZ at the European Championships, and it was the final. And we just watched Max Verstappen win his first F1 Grand Prix. Yeah. And um, that was on a, like literally half an hour before our race. And I was like all pumped up, starting like P12 or something. <laughs> and um, and I was alongside Baz Lammers for the start. And he had a really good start. We went down to turn two. I saw him do like massive dive bomb around the outside. So I tried to follow him through. And on the exit, I ran into Gary Carlson. Yes, yes, I know Gary well. Yep. <laughs> and it was completely my fault. That's like, right. I just completely <laughs> rose him off. Anyway, drove straight over him. Both of our races are over. Yeah. And um, come into the park firmly. And there's <laughs> something I'll never forget. He, just, he literally grabs me, throws me up against the wall and says, you better watch out in this next race because next weekend we're racing in Andreas again. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they don't forget. Those guys don't forget. Um, oh, was true, because I was like a kid. Yeah. Like the... <laughs> He'd have been double your age almost. He's like 30, he's like 35. So he's, he's double your age, basically. <laughs> and then we arrived at the next race, and funnily enough, he was staying directly behind me. Oh, oh, no. He didn't get you, though, did he? No, I had a mega start. <laughs> Just got out of there. And, yeah, but my mechanic, Paolo, who didn't speak a word of English when I was to speak to him before the race, he said, please, come. <laughs> well, lucky you had someone looking out for you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, all these comments, it's quite funny. 
Oh, yeah. I'm guessing there's some friends on there, maybe. Do you think Marco is the best place to watch Corey and Macau? Huh, funny. <laughs> Inside joke. Oh, there you go. There you go. Hey, yeah, we're going to finish on a motorsport quiz. So it's a mixed bag of questions. There's nine questions. Uh, you're gonna, you should do yeah. well on this. The youngest Formula One winner is the first question. The youngest F1 winner. winner. Yep. Well, that's Max. Yep, that's good. So it's a good start. Now, how many World Karting Championships has David Foray won? Not World Cups, just World Karting Championships. Six. I think it's four. I think it's four. I, from, I, all the research I did, I spoke to him, but I, I've seen four. He's got number five on his, on his helmet, but I think he's claiming a World Cup in there. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, we'll go, we're going with four. That's the answer. In which country is the karting track Sano? You should, that's pretty simple for you. Italy. Italy. What racing number did Jeff Gordon make famous during his NASCAR career? Jesus. Um, DuPont car, if that brings any bells. You would have been quite young. Yeah, it was on Gran Turismo. Um, no, not Gran Turismo. It was on some rally there. Um, 50, was it 51 maybe? 24, 24. So, couldn't have been sure. No, that's all right. Now, when did the first Indy 500 take place? So it's before World War One. That's just to give you a little bit of a window to work with. Um, just take a stab. All my mates watching here will be laughing because they, they won't think I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, <laughs> Heimgartner got two out of nine. So you're already equal with Heimgartner. So you're not going to be last. Eleven. That's bloody good effort. <laughs> How many Bathurst one thousands did Peter Brock win? The King of the Mountain. Oh, the King of the Mountain. Brocky. All right. Uh, let me remember because I actually know this because we, me and my friend Jaden Dodge, we've memorised all of the all of the commentary for Peter Brock. So. Oh, this is a bad one to miss. We can come back to it. We can come back to it if you want to keep thinking. No, no, I can't remember this. Here he is, the man that knows more about it than anyone else. It's the L5 mobile Peter Brock, 46 years of age, nine times race winner, six times the manager started for pole position, that, three times as the touring champion. You've got it, mate. You've read it off the script. So nine, nine is the answer. That's a good effort. Uh, who is the only driver to win the Triple Crown in motorsport? So the Indy 500, Le Mans 24-hour, and the Monaco Grand Prix. No, there's one driver from the UK in the 1960s, so quite some time ago. Oh, um, well, he must be someone very famous, surely. I, I Google these, I Google these questions, so uh, are you not sure. English driver, one of the hills. Yep, Graham Hill, I'll give you that. That's a good effort. Yeah, that's a good effort. Uh, which circuit, uh, sorry, which circuit, which team did Michael Schumacher debut for? Benetton. No, Jordan. Jordan. That's a good pickup. It will take your second answer. And then which which circuit has the famous corner, Ascari? Monza. Yep, that's good. So uh, I'm pretty sure you got, you might have got six there, actually. I'm just trying to have a look at my answers. You missed out on, uh, on David Foray. You missed out on... 
the Jeff Gordon one, and you missed out on the Indy 500. Yeah, you got six. That's equal leader. Maybe Corey won three world championships. I, I, from what I've Googled, I can see four, but anyway, I'll, I'll have to double check with him. But it seems like you Kiwis sort of know what you're talking about because we've got uh, Will Power, Oliver Askew, Shane Van Gisbergen, and Greg Murphy all on six. And now you've joined them at equal leaderboard. So you've done well. Hey, look, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Obviously, wish you all the best when you get back into uh, your Formula 2 season. And, um, and hopefully one day we can see you on the grid for, uh, for the Formula 1 at Albert Park. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank hey, mate. Take care, right? See you, buddy. Bye-bye. On the next episode of Swapping Paint, we chat to Australian Career Cup driver Joey Mawson. Joey's won multiple Australian karting championships before heading to Europe where he raced against the likes of Charles Leclerc and Mick Schumacher. Mawson won races and championships in Europe and we chat to him about the desire to leave Australia as a teenager by himself to pursue his dream. If you want to find me online, go to Facebook and type in Dave Serra or at Instagram, Serra Driver Development. And just a reminder, if you like this episode of Swapping Paint, be sure to click the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Leave us a review or ask questions so we can ask our future guests. Big thanks to Tom Evans for his production work in putting these together.